All right, here we are. Shear Rock Park, Flat Rock, Michigan, Flat Rock Invitational, May 6th, 2023. Second game of the day, Columbus Capitals from Ohio and the Canton Corn Shuckers from this very, it's probably not very far of a drive for them. Uh, it's probably why Mike Feeney was late. So here we go. Second second game of the day. Perfect weather. Uh, there are some clouds in the sky, but you, but it's as close to perfect as you can get. There's a slight breeze. It's sunny. Sitting here in the sun for it feels like the first time in a year. Uh, and we're getting right into the action here as uh, Canton's going to bat first. Uh, winner of this game is going to go on to face the Flat Rock, the hosting club, the Bear Clan Baseball Club of Flat Rock. Uh, I am your host for this, uh, your co-host, uh, the Barrel Roller, Matthew Bernard. And to the delight of all vintage baseball fans, I'm bringing in Jeff Cougar Kozlowski from the Greenfield Village Lottie Dawes. Jeff, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. It is a gorgeous day out here. It does feel like it's been far too long, but it's good to get out here. So we're going to go right here with the first pitch uh, to Ace Terwilliger. And it's good to get back to baseball. A lot of teams have had to cancel uh, in the very early going, as it be. Uh, weather happens in April, unpredictable. Uh, May comes along and you'll see more baseball. Now uh, we got a southpaw on the stripe for the Capitals as Twilliger is going to pop out to right field. And it's going to be muffed. And he's just going to keep running. Overthrow at second base. And the shenanigans have started as uh, <laughs> Ace winds up at second. It's it's hard that that first fly ball of the of the very first game you know got still the butterflies flying around there so hopefully that's that's his last one. Uh, the gentleman in right field for the Capitals does not look familiar to me. He might not only be new to the season, he might be new to vintage baseball. He doesn't even get a shield. Oh, you got to earn that. I guess. Look at the guy at first; he ain't getting no shield. Yeah. <laughs> that brings up Mike Feeney. Uh, Marbles, captain of the Canton Corn Shuckers. That's way too many C's. Uh, there's a pound into the ground. Early season, and we're going to get a throw over to first base. It's going to be held at first. Uh, as Mr. Grayley Tick throws to Ink. Is that Ink at first base? Must must have moved. Must have been a must have <laughs> must have moved from Columbus or to Columbus. Uh, as Marbles is going to make the first out uh, for the Canton Corn Shuckers. Ace makes his third, and that brings up who? It's a nice one-hand grab over there at first. That's always a tough one, the ball that gets driven right into the ground right in front of home plate. There's a fly ball to center field directly to the center fielder. It's going to be bounced off a knee, uh, and that's going to bring in Mr. Terwilliger, the fastest man in vintage baseball, can stroll easily into home plate. Outfield's a little shaky. We've got two errors, one in center, one in right. I guess that leaves only one outfield position left to make an error. Oh boy. Here comes <laughs> Copper. And we're gonna Copper's gonna test that fielder. As uh, a part of the roller out to barrel 
Vintage Baseball Podcast family, captain of the Capitals, Rudy Frias is stationed in left field, returning to his roots of his youth. Oh, he's going to pull something for sure, and I'm not talking about copper. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a ball hit to the third baseman. Ian Frias knocks it down, gets up, uh, holds, holds the throw as to not make something uh, messy. Hot, hot shot, a really hard ground ball at your at Mr. Frias there at third base, and you know, good on him for keeping in front of him and keeping these runners uh, in in force range. And now we have uh, up to the plate, uh, six shooter, formerly of the Rochester Grangers. Have I seen this pitcher a pitch with both hands? There's a throw to second. Keeping who honest? Who? That's who. We got a definition on what is a steal today? What rules we use? Oh, God, we thought we did. There's a pop-up to center field. Shortstop's going out. It's going to fall in between. There's going to be a throw to second looking for a force. It doesn't look like it was in time. So we're going to have bases loaded. It, uh, I believe they're going Greenfield Village rules. Okay. Uh, Mike, Mike just pointed at me. I thought it was because he liked me at first, but it turns out it's because those are the rules. Damn. So Greenfield Village rules, for uh, for those who may not be familiar, it is uh, stealing once the ball makes contact with something, whether it be bat, person, plate, ground, what have you. It'd be foolish to do it now. Their base is loaded with one out, but um, we'll, we'll see if that rule is going to come into effect. And there's a short pop-up to the second baseman held by Mr. Wycuff at second. Boy, that was uh, an optical illusion as the swing was much harder than how, ball, how far the ball went. It didn't fool Mr. Wycuff, but it, it got me a little bit. Second out in the inning, that's going to bring up dirt bag of the Pennsylvania dirt bags. <laughs> There's a got away with one there, and that was a foul tick that just skipped, didn't skip up high enough. I heard it. And there's a pound into the ground, uh, unintentional fair foul. That's going to score a run, and everybody's going to move up. Well, it was picked up by one of the Capitals on the bench, which normally would require a. Ball is dead call, but I don't think Mr. Glazer is going to be testing that out too much here. And that brings up Coco. Philip Hayes. Pound to the ground. And the pitcher is going to slowly make his way over. Flip to third. I think he got him. The out's made. I think the run scored. I can't tell if. Uh, Mr. Finney, who is umpiring, that's what he gets for making an out. I think it was definitely close. I I would venture to say the run counted. He's saying the run tallied. So tally that. Uh, six shooter's going to make the last out of the inning. That means meal ticket's going to lead off next inning. That's three runs in for the Canton Corn Shuckers after their half of the inning, uh, bringing up the Columbus Capitals. Uh 
So definitely some early season swings going on there. A lot of pounding to the grounds so that you don't see out of a couple of guys. Usually with with Canton, you have a uh, you know a team that is almost nationwide known for their speed for their youth, and so you really would you'd hesitate to want to leave the ball short like that because then they can definitely use those feet. But it also to your point, they're definitely it's not certainly uh, pitches that they want to put on the refrigerator. And uh, we just got more confirmation the run did score. Columbus Capitals are going to lead off. Speaking of pounding to the ground, it's Rudy Frias. Let me ask you this, Jeff, before this at-bat happens. You're a fair fowler like Rudy Frias. No, I'm not. No, if oh. you are. Oh. Let's okay. just put you in his shoes. And I don't know. Let's just say it's 50-50. Uh, season, uh, off season's over. You're coming into your first game. They probably didn't, they didn't practice very much. Uh, Rudy Frias, a fine hitter, by the way. You gonna try to do a fair follow right now, or are you gonna start off the season full swing? Um, statistically, Rudy tends to lead off first game, first at bat with a fair foul. He wants, as a leadoff man, he's well aware of the fact that he's his job is to get on base and let let the bigger guys behind him push him around. And Like given given the stance, it looks like that's what he's thinking too. There's a little sway back and forth by the Frias. Drives all the mid-aged cr- women crazy. All four of them. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's got a really open stance here. I think he's waiting for. Yep, that was it. Waiting for a waiting for a low one. He got a little impatient. Took a high one. Uh, so there's no family sitting down third baseline, and so he couldn't aim for a family of three like he normally does. So he just went after his own family. <laughs> uh, so uh, Rudy definitely looking for a certain pitch in a certain location, and there's a grounder to the third baseman, and it's going to get by, but to shortstop. Here's the throw from short, deep throw, fine throw. He's going to stay on. Looks, looks in from where I was standing. He, I, and he, I'm not standing. He ran to first base. There's a hug at first base. He ran to first base. He didn't pull anything. Uh, everything is great. The last time Rudy Frias was in Flat Rock, uh, the scoreboard fell on him and took him out of action before the game even started. So, true story. Rudy meanders his way down to second base on a muff by the catcher. You got a looks like chalk pitching for Canton throwing to Coco behind the plate. Uh, Kobe Dottie. Whoa! There's a bouncer to the second baseman. The throw over to first base is going to be the out. Rudy Frias is attempting to go to third. He's going to be just in. Uh, John Shim, pitcher for the Canton Cornshockers. I believe he lost all of last year due to injury and did not play. I believe he had hurt his shoulder. Uh, Not during the season. He never played. Those are the hard ones. You get injured on something that is not baseball related. And I, that happened to me once. And my first thought was, am I at least going to make the world tournament? Did you? I did. Oh, yeah. I'm glad for you. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Wyckoff pops up. Coco going after the ball. Uh, some of the Columbus Capitals. Uh, oh, Ink Sun. 
Ink Sun blocks Coco from getting the ball. So hockey uh, being <laughs> being put the into old, play here. The old unintentional intentional uh, distraction up there. Part of it, there's a tree that's hanging uh, over over play here, and so I couldn't tell if it had hit the foul portion of the tree or if it didn't hit anything at all. But um, you know, the, if it hits a, the ball hits a branch in fair territory, that constitutes the ground. But if it hits the ball in, or hits a tree in fair territory, Mr. Wyckoff down the left field line. That's a base hit. That's going to bring in Rudy Frias. And a good way to start the season for Mr. Wyckoff. This tree uh, that Mr. Kozlowski speaks of looks like it's having a hard time getting started in the season. <laughs> Everything else is getting some buds and some leaves on it, and this one's like, mm, still sleeping. This is, We had a very, very cold, very wet uh, winter and spring. We had a really bad freeze, so I'm... Good to see the trees at least still standing. Another one that gets past yeah. Coco. Mr. Wyckoff is uh, in rare form as he gets down to second base. He looks, he looks spry. He looks younger. He looks faster. Uh, I don't know what his wonderful wife has been feeding him, but he he looks ready to go. And that uh, Ian Frias is uh, up to the the dish right now, and they're feeding him some high pitches. He's got an open stance as well. I don't know if he's. Intending to go to left, Eamon and Mr. Finney in left field, or if he's going to close his stance and with the step. Oh, no, that, that was dead right pull. The tree. And uh, it's a tree. There's a dog over oh, there. That dog is not happy. Dog not approving of the effort of Mr. Hayes. It's like a, like a German Shepherd Husky mix. That, that dog is not pleased. Uh, but that was definitely dead pull on that. He's got a couple of new bats that he was very excited to show me before the game starts, and he's using one of them right now. It's nice to know you can get to an advanced stage and still get excited about bats. Mm-hmm. I haven't been excited about bats in years. There's a fly out to Mr. Feeney in left field. It was high. It was well struck. It was just a little too high. In was the... it, though? It was well struck for an average man. <laughs> he, might, he might listen later. <laughs> we love being free. He doesn't listen to this crap. Here's uh, <laughs> a pound into the ground by Wiffle to the third baseman. Six shooters up with a long throw. Well thrown. Wiffle's down. He's on the base. Hard to tell uh, if he tripped or if he got hurt. We're waiting to see if he's embarrassed or hurt. It could be either one at this point. So he, he slipped about eight to ten feet from first base. He went down. He went, yeah. He went down like a hicks. But he's he's, <laughs> he's back up, so I think he's all right. So Mr. Wycuff is Wycuff is going to score on that. Not taking a lead off, so I don't know if he's still in Two softball outs. mode. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't believe there's very much vintage baseball experience uh, behind that shieldless plaid. So uh, Chasen's going to hit it to left field. Mike Feeney is going to catch that. Side is retired. Barehanded! Third out. Ink's going to lead off the next inning. Uh, Jordan, I believe, is Ink's son's name, and I believe he was just a little embarrassed on that. But yeah, it looks like he was back up and running. So after one inning, 
It's three to two in favor of the Canton Corn Shuckers. Hurac Park really is a it's a beautiful area for baseball here. It's a nice big wide open area. There's a few little indentations and grooves and whatnot, but it's you know fairly clear, fairly open. You got a little little patch of trees out in in deep right, and a, kind of an older oak tree hanging over part of the third base. But really is a beautiful area for for baseball here. It's quite a poke if you can put it off the jungle gym that's way in deep, deep left. I don't think anybody's gonna be doing that today, but we'll see if Meal Ticket, I know he's he's probably sizing up the walkway there. And there's a one hopper to the right fielder. Right fielder's gonna get it in on a line drive, nothing you can do about it. Uh, yeah, you got to appreciate a field that has a path in right field uh, far enough back so you don't have to run over it during the course of play. Am I right, Jeff? Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the hardest right field in the vintage baseball at Greenfield Village. I don't know. I loved I loved playing right field on that field. I Dirt bag up. Down the right field line. That's going to be a foul ball. And, uh, well... He had a chance at it. He had a chance to play on it. That sure. was a that was a, a poorly executed path to the ball. <laughs> on that's somebody without a ton of vintage baseball experience, because if the first thing you're thinking of, well, that's going to be foul. I got to get this hop. You're not taking that path right there. That yeah. was a, I'm going to try to catch us in the air path, mm -hmm. and it cost an out there. Uh, you can't do that. Yep. And there's a line drive into right center field. It's going to get past the center fielder. It's going to start going up the hill. Uh, we got meal ticket rounding third. He's thinking, he's thinking, he's going. Uh, there's a muff at second. That's going to score the run. That's that's corn shucker baseball right there. I mean, it was stopped at third. The throw came in to second, just a little bit of a bobble. And it took advantage of it and ran home. Bringing up Coco Hayes. What hand is that pitcher throwing with right now? It's been left. I've been watching it. It was right in the first inning. I think he threw a pickoff to with his right arm. Oh, now he's got it in his right hand. He's he very much is pitching both hands. That's a grounder shortstop. Kobe Dotty up with it. Long throw to first. It's a little high. Uh, Ink climbs the ladder to try to get to it. Uh, it's not going to happen. And a little gingerly on his right ankle, it looked like. It's one of the uh, one of the perils of of vintage baseball here. I mean, overrunning first base is a lot like overrunning second or overrunning third. You can get put out on it, and so you have a runner running full bore. Speaking of full bore, Coco is not doing it, but he goes to second on a muff. I but thought a, you were about to make a Timon and Pumba joke. No. Oh, full bore. Okay. I took uh, that <laughs> There's a fly ball into center field. It's going to be one hop to chasing out there in center. Uh, everyone's going to move up a base. Uh, Phillip is going to oh, score on an error as there's a throw to first base for no good reason. Yeah. <laughs> and Took a big rounded first. Uh, Muffin Man rounded, had a big round at first trying to do just that, trying to get his runner in from third, and that's exactly what happened, an overthrow to your first baseman who just hurt himself. And uh, another run comes in. 
And that's going to bring up the 2022 Vintage Baseball Player of the Year. Whatever. What was that contest he won? It was, uh, I, didn't, I didn't actually see a formal contest. It felt like somebody just handed him a belt and said, here you go. I'm that guy who handed him a belt, and there was a contest. He, he won. It, there was a test. There was a throwing contest. There was a hitting contest. There's a hit ball, uh, ball hit to the left fielder. Uh, left fielder Frias catches it on the fly. Throw it a second to try to double up the Muffin Man just a, just a tad short. But at least the outfield has a fielding percentage now. <laughs> That's tough. That <laughs> uh, brings up chalk. I've been there, man. I have been there. It's sometimes when it rains, it pours. Uh, chalk has a dark brown bat with a, a white tip. It kind of looks like an eraser on a pencil. It's kind of like a, a yeah. It's. There's a pop-up to the shortstop. Kobe calling for it. It's not going to happen for him. That was a tough little Texas Lee kind of fly right behind second base. Center field's too far back, short in second. Couldn't, uh, couldn't have tipped that bad any better. Bringing it back up to the top of the lineup, Ace Twilliger. Fine young man here. The 2022 Gingerly Gentleman winner. He'll be uh, defending that crown at the 2023 Akron Cup as we put on the mightiest striker and gingerly gentleman at the Akron Cup this year. Akron Cup's always a fun one. I've, I've, uh, I've been twice, and I think I have about one win in the two times I've been there, but the Black Stockings are always incredibly great hosts, and it's always a pleasure to play there. I'm looking forward to actually going inside Stan Hewitt Gardens uh, yeah. this year. I haven't had the chance a couple of times I've went. Yeah, I'm, uh, I remember the first time I went in 05, I think Mark Hepner actually gave me a personalized tour. Uh, well, not me personally. God, but. you think you're special. No, uh, was, right field, uh, fly ball to right field, that held by the right nicely. fielder. There we go. Let's see, just get one, get one muff under your belt, shake it off, and comes back, makes a nice catch, run into his right. Second hour of the inning, that's going to bring up marbles. You get a hard ground ball right in front of home plate. Uh, marbles, the owner-operator of the Deranged Haunt, which is coming up here next weekend with its halfway to Halloween celebration being open for the weekend. So, uh, I don't know, something about inflatables. I don't know. I don't know. There's a hit to right field. Right fielder is going to decide to take that on a hop. It was on a line. Uh, Muffin Man's going to round third. Mr. Daly at second base is going to run the ball back into the infield. It's going to have the bases loaded. That deranged haunt is is really well put together. I've I've visited, took several of my uh, foreign exchange uh, kids there, and I had a great time. I was able to do my character for the first time in my life. I was able to be a haunter uh, last year, and I was uh, a Girl Scout. So, I have so many questions. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Did you end up on any lists after doing that? I'm sure I was on some people's lists, but I don't know them. <laughs> it was a it was a one night only as uh, who's up to the plate, and uh, I had the time of my life, and I really scared some people because I was full Girl Scout. Grounder to short, 
tools Doherty with the throw over to second. There's nobody there at second. Oh, there. And that's going to score one. That's going to score two. We got marbles rounding third to keep everybody honest. He's going to stay put. And that's a that's a tough one. You know, we got a ground ball at shortstop going to your right. You'd think the you know the the play would be to third base at that point. Instead, he tried to come back, and make a hard throw to second, and Mr. Daly was kind of covering the hole between first and second. It's going to bring up Copper with the grounder between or well, to the shortstop. Tools is up with it. Decides not to make the throw. Tries to go behind. Who at second base? Who's going to be safe at second? That's going to score, Mr. Feeney. Good base running there by who? I know the the instinct, a lot of Canton Cornshucker instinct is to just go, go, go. But ground ball in front of him. He stayed put. Was able to draw the throw and now we got first and second. With this at bat by a six shooter, uh, the Shuckers have officially batted around in the inning. Still the chance, you know, with runners on, that there could be a out at third or an out at second. And but watch those. Damn it, Jeff! <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice vintage baseball rule. Just because you, just because you're up doesn't mean it's true. Line drive to shortstop. Off the hands of Dowdy. He's still got to play at third. There could be a force. Looks like he got him. Down from here. He looked out from here. He looks out from here. Now, they are going to see on the replay that they got that wrong. There you yeah, go. For Way to go, Hammer. Hammer from Flat Rock makes the call. It was, I mean, it's it's very much a bang-bang play, but it definitely looked out from here. Or I shouldn't say definitely, but it was it was close enough. So the Canton Corn Chuckers do not bat around in the second inning. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. Six runs in for Canton, nine to two. Who you were out when you when you watch this, you'll see that you were out. Yeah. So stop shrugging. But he's it's a know, bad look. That's a ball. <laughs> you, know, it's a ball <laughs> you know, as a ball player, you think like I was there. I absolutely knew I was there. And he's looking and he's seeing. But uh, I remember. I remember the most the most honest person, or I should say, the most honest family I know is Lil Roos, uh, Tom and Tanner. On the Bay City Independence, we were playing at uh, Van Hoosen Field Farm uh, against the Rochester Grangers, and, and Tom LaRue hits a grounder, and he is at full speed to get to first base because it's going to be bang, bang. He's out by a full step, and he's, like, at first base, and we're like, why are you still standing there? You're out by – he's like, I was, I was here. Like, oh, <laughs> God, no. It's not even close, dude. You need to come back here. And he's like, no, no, I know. I know I'm <laughs> So, and he's the most honest man I know. So he's not trying to get a call. Sometimes you just believe it. Yep. Sometimes you think it's there and it's there. Sometimes you're just way wrong. Like who? That's going to bring ink to start off for the Capitals. Ink in the Columbus gear, but uh, there's a hard, hard There's a grounder up into center field for a base hit. But he's, uh, he's actually just assumed the captaincy reigns of the old gold baseball club of Saginaw. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how Saginaw is going to look this year with a little bit of new new leadership, new management here. Um, Adam McCauley, who's run the team essentially since birth, uh, 
taking a step back. That's a high. High fly ball to Marbles. Plenty of time to think about it. And he caught it. Uh, that was rookie. So that's the first down. It's going to bring up Mike. Sometimes a you know change of direction is uh, is is helpful you know for a personal life or a family life, social life. You know Adam's kids are playing uh, travel baseball a lot, and that's a lot of where his time and passion is. So I wish him all all the luck with that. And, and that's a uh, foul down the left field line. This is the, the the gentleman who's been pitching ambidextrously for Columbus during this game. Mike P, I believe Purcell is that last name. I don't want to go on record. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Mike P, Ambo, we can just call him Ambo, can't we? I mean, that takes a special kind of skill to be able to pitch effectively with both hands. And they also have another Mike on the team. I don't want to get confused. Ambo. Hicks still at first. We'll, uh, we'll see if his earlier tanglement at... First base is going to restrict any running out of ink. It'll be hard to tell. Uh, center field fly ball. It's going to be caught by a copper out there. And that's going to bring up with two outs. Bob Daly of the Columbus Capitals. Uh, copper, while, while Chalk was on the shelf not being able to play, Copper was taking over a lot of the pitching duties and loved it. Uh, but he's back. He's back out there, so he can tear some hamstrings in center field. There is something to be said about successful outfielders moving to pitching and being even more successful. Really? Yeah. Pop up, <laughs> pop up to the center fielder. Copper comes in, catches it with his bare hands. It's actually kind of a nice career arc for a lot of vintage baseball players. You start in the outfield, make a name for yourself, then you move to pitching. Make another name for yourself. Then nobody wants you, and you get moved behind a table here. And you end up doing. <laughs> <laughs> you had me until nobody wants me, <laughs> because you showed up here today in your in Plymouth uniform. In a uniform. You what me? You showed up in your Plymouth Rovers uniform, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we got spot for you. We need you. <laughs> we like need you." It's like George Washington showing up with the Continental Congress when they're talking about an officer. They need a general of the army, and they point at Washington. And he's like, oh, me? Should I be then? No. I, I like this uniform. This is a real old Red Rover's uniform. is one of my favorites. So. Plus, I paid for it, so I'm going to use it. Did the Red Rovers ever enter, like, any tournaments or anything? Or were you just, like, single-match... Copper to left field, right to Frias. That's going to be a muff. Oh, there's the. Yeah, just trying to muff that one. He's just trying to make his other outfielder friends feel good about themselves. It's not working. He was due. We didn't. Yeah, we were kind of single offs. You know, we played at a at Naven Field a few times. We played at Coldwater uh, for a, for a kind of a little get together there. But we never, you know, we never did silver ball. We just, you know, we, we kind of filled in. It's going to bring up six shooter as he hits a pop-up, high pop-up to center field. It's going to bounce. And the hell was that? It's it's strange because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching his swing and he's falling away from it. So, like, a lot of the power that 
should have been having was kind of going away from the ball. Hey, he's he's the one on first, not me. That's right. Six shooter on first. Uh, Coppers on second. Center fielder was didn't seem. Oh, oh and there's what he can piece. do. Beautiful piece of hitting. There. Meal ticket with uh, he's a left-handed hitter. He just hit it in the left center field gap, and he can do that. I mean, that's not something he just pulled out of his bag of tricks. Yeah. He's got power to all fields. Very well done. Everybody had shifted on him. You know, the, it would, and it would make reasonable sense to hit something to the right field side to move those runners up. But he's got the talent to find the gaps. Dirtbag up in the air to the right fielder. Plenty of time for the right fielder to get there. He camps underneath it. He catches it with his bare hands, and there's going to be a pickle. Uh, we got a, a – and that's a drop, and oh, he's going to be safe. Was, we were just complimenting his hitting, and then he does that for running. That was – not well advised, but you know, luckily, uh, not a not a really good rundown their play either. Never never run a runner to the base that they're trying to advance to, and that's kind of what happened. Uh, so that's going to be the first down of the inning by Dirtbag. Uh, meal ticket at third base. Philip Hayes is up to the plate. Mr. Hayes has done some pitching in his day too. Nice thing about the corn shuckers, they definitely rotate guys around, see where their strengths are, and that way if there's ever holes or gaps, they've got plenty of people they can fill in. There's a long fly ball fouled on the left field line. You know, Jeff, I was talking about that. At the end of the last game, when Flat Rock was up 18-3 to in the last inning, they went with their, their same pitcher for the entire game, and I was just commenting, this is a good chance to move people around to find backups. You know, and this is how you get pitching experience. It's hard to get good at vintage baseball pitching. You need experience and you need a lot of practice. And that was a chance for someone to get some experience when that game was in the bag. And uh, they chose not to. I don't know. I don't think it's that hard. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's, but it, it. You make it look like an art. Yeah. Hit the center field. That's going to fall in. Like a Jackson Pollock dart, right? <laughs> <laughs> and meal tickets going to score on that. Oh, you're absolutely right, though. And it's it's a good time. I mean, certainly in, in in vintage in the actual in the 1860s, 50s, 70s, 80s, like you would not have had that. People played their position unless you were hurt or injured or something in that in that token here. But you know, we're we're recreating a game, and so you need the people. They also showed up to every match, Jeff. That crew, they're in a club. After all. <laughs> they they paid their dues. They be, they belong to the club, so so they did not have to prepare for what would happen without them because they were going to be there. Nope. Muffin man's up for Canton. One out, runner on first. Three runs in for Canton. There's a pound into the ground. No one. This isn't happening. Don't throw it. Coca was anticipating a throw. Don't. Just don't. Nope. <laughs> run him back. Just run him back. No Coco sh- at no second. Muffin back. Man at first. That was just bad things waiting to happen. One of the things uh, vintage baseball players love to do is throw the ball around. Mm-hmm. Just love it. Well, you, you think you got a chance at everything. Uh-huh. think you got a shot. and Oh, yeah. It's more times than not, you don't. Irrational optimism. Teddy 
up. Because, I mean, you think about it, like, we're, we're not using gloves. You got to make a throw that has enough arc where a person can safely catch it. Then they have to catch the ball and make a tag while a person is running in at the exact same point. It's just it's a low percentage. Teddy foul tick. Go to the pitcher, go to the pitcher, go to the pitcher. It was a foul ball that uh, uh, Muffin Man apparently did not hear the foul ball call. It took off for a second. It was a very low call. Yeah. There's a pound into the ground. Pitcher's over to get it. Throw to third for the force is going to be too late. You're not going to get caught going like that. Yeah. They are hitting it in no man's land in this inning where you're just not going to be able to do anything with it. Yeah. And it, it doesn't help when you got a when you're sliding too, which, you know, there's nothing against sliding. You just got to make sure you're, you're doing it right and period. Was that right in the period? <laughs> it looked like he grabbed the base with his hand. So if he's sliding around, then it's okay. It's Chaka, a liner to third base. It's going to be off the foot. That was a tough play for Ian there. And that's going to score a run. Station is station. Low, low one that was on the ground, or it was at the ground at his feet. That's a tough play. Uh, yeah, sliding, sliding should look impulsive. It should not look like a strategy. So oftentimes descriptions of slides are about people falling or reaching back and grabbing a base. But, you know, anytime you see a slide where there's somebody going in foot first with the intention of slowing down, um, that's more, a little more modern than it should be. Is that an option that the pound into the ground again to the third baseman? They're not going to be able to do anything with it. And they got... Two RBIs on two balls, I think, that went a total of about 150 feet. That's a fifth run in for Canton. Uh, yep. This is not Canton's first games, though. They've, they, have been, they have been busy so far. Oh, yeah, they made a trip to Florida. Yeah, and they're and the uh, the good gentlemen from from the Awkwards are coming up this year. They're actually coming to coming to Greenfield Village. I made sure to put that one on my calendar. Grounder to second. There's going to be a flip to short and a well turn. Oh, that was. Oh, they might still have it. They, yeah, they're. So, oh, I'm going to let Jeff explain what has gone on as soon as this play is over. They're still trying to get Mike Marbles out of this pickle. And uh, he's not going to let him out of it very easy, and they yeah. ran him back to the wrong base again. Jeff, from beginning to end, explain this play. All right, so so we got a a ground ball to, I believe it was was it the second baseman fielded it. Uh, second baseman yes. shortstop. It was up second baseman fields. It makes a really nice play over to the third to the shortstop. Really nice turn, beautiful turn, and just the throw carried a little bit over uh, over to first. Um, Mike, which in a lot of Canton ball, you know, overrun the base and keep going. So he overruns, intentionally gets himself in a rundown, runner scores, and then just a rundown that, you know, unfortunately didn't go well because they're. And that's going to be a pound of the ground by who? That's a fair ball. It's going to be an unofficial. Fair. So it's a fair ball. Boy, <laughs> there's a lot going on with this play, too. So. Nobody's listening to what's going on. <laughs> Nobody's paying any attention. 
anytime the ball goes by the players, this isn't even fans. The players are just picking up the ball. That was a live ball. It was yep. a fair ball. Yep. A fair ball pounded into the ground, went right over to the players' bench, and they're just picking it up. Even this is the, the second time that's happened. And even if it's foul, you still should not do it. If it's sitting there, just leave it be. Yeah, it was a fair ball. Fair foul hits the, the dugout, and guys from Canton, who really should know better. And there's a hot shot down. to Ian. He's going to deflect it into left field. Mike Marbles, Feeney's going to score. Who is going to score? Copper's going to go to second. Yeah, there's a there's a ball in play, and unless it's pure defense, you know, you let it go, leave it there. The uh, Canton Cornstruckers did bat around. Now uh, that was even before Copper got to the plate here, six shooter. Went to center field last time, if I recall. Can has nine runs across on this half inning. There's a line drive into center field. Center fielder is going to wait for it on a hop, throw it in. Copper's going to think about it and retreat. A much older, wiser copper who would not have stopped. Five years ago. Behold the ravages of age. <laughs> Bringing up meal ticket, who hit a phenomenal line drive in the left center field gap. Uh, he will not do that two times in a row. This time he's aiming for the bike path. He's got six shooter in front of him. He knows that if he wants extra bases, he's going to have to put a little bit further. Not to say that six-shooter is slow, but he's certainly not as fast as some of the other guys. Although that step right there was a little yeah. more on the closed stance side. Yeah, the step, uh, I'm wrong. <laughs> well, he hasn't hit it yet. No, who knows? And there's a line drive to the center fielder who was pulled over into the gap a little bit. He's going to hold it. And that's going to bring this, uh, the murderous Inning that it was, nine inning, nine runs come across for the Canton Corn Shuckers. Ouch, man. That's going to bring the score to be 18-2. to two. Oops, sorry. Columbus coming up in the bottom of the third. Got them right where they want them. <laughs> Which, who are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's old, uh, old. Bill Dean reference from the Lottie Dawes. Anytime we were down and they would announce the score and you just go, all right, we're, we're, we're down 15, 20 runs or something. And you'd go, all right, got them right where we want them. <laughs> Vintage baseball, generally, especially the 67 brand, big comebacks happen. Mm -hmm. They do. They happen yep. all the time. Yep. We saw the World's Tournament mm -hmm. last year. So... Yep, I've I've been on both sides of them, and I always always go back and forth about would I rather lose a close one or win a blowout. I'm like I like winning, but there's sometimes you just gotta kind of tip your hat and go, man, that was that was something. Some of my favorite match memories are from losses, though. I love close games. Yeah, some of my best memories are from your losses too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you son of a gun. <laughs> uh, Brad Grayley starts out the inning with a fly out to the left field. That's going to bring up Rudy Frias. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love my better stories are, are losses, too. I love the challenge of the personal challenge of what are you going to do in this spot? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to react <clears throat> just as a person? And, uh, you know, you don't get that blowout wins or losses because mm-hmm. then you don't, you're not thinking like that. You don't care. Yep. Yeah, there's, there's something to be said about, you know, the challenge and who it makes you. Oh, oh what? There was a fair foul swing if I ever saw one. That was terrible. Worst fair foul attempt in the history of man. There's a hit down the left puts field it down line. The line. That looked. Uh, we don't have the right angle to I'd, make that call. Yeah, looks like a fair ball. It's a well hit ball. Curled around the flag. There's a small red flag and uh, right down the left field line. But nobody seems to be uh, making a big fuss about it, so we're going to call it fair. Uh, Hammer's right on the line, so we're going to trust him on this. Hammer's doing a fine job of umpiring. It's just nobody's listening to him. <laughs> you know, he's making the right calls. <laughs> Typical umpire. Doing everything right. But <laughs> nobody listens to him. <laughs> that brings up Tools Dowdy. Tools playing his short. He's at a... Had a solid game over there. He's it's a pop up. It's a tree. To six shooter. Well held. Down the third baseline. It's going to rear up Mr. Wyckoff. So definitely ball hit the tree there. Uh, but Hammer, the umpire from, uh, from Flat Rock here, declared that that was ball hit the tree in foul territory, which allowed six shooter to catch it in the air for and out. Again, if it hits the tree in fair territory, it doesn't matter. That the, the tree is an extension of the ground, and therefore it would be uh, fair, even if he caught it in the air. Which is why I'd always aim for archery in Bay City down the third baseline, just trying to get easy hits. Mm-hmm. Rudy's not happy that there was a pickoff play. It's... And Mr. Wyckoff swinging a miss, midseason form. Uh, throw down to first, free us back. I think it's the the white spikes make him look a lot faster than he is. I think it's the white teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but still dangerous on the base paths. He's still not a guy that you want on base. He can hit the ball wherever he wants. So, And there's a pop-up to the left fielder. Shortstop's going to go out. Marbles is going to call him off. He's going to. Interesting little bobble there a few times. That'll be for the third out. It's oh, my God. That that reminds me of something. So, anyway, that's the third out of the inning. Zero runs across for Columbus as we go to the top of the fourth. Uh, last year at the World's Tournament, I believe it was Mr. Moreau's. Oh, God, I don't remember who it was. you got to be more specific because there's four of them. Uh, I believe it was Nick. It was outfielder. Uh, did not catch the ball. The ball went to them, hit their hands, and they continued to walk towards the infield. Mm-hmm. That's a Nick move. Yep. Bobbling it or almost like a volleyball 
set up, uh, and he walked all the way into the infield, and I know why, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be able to say it like you're about to. <laughs> Tell everybody why. Well, the, a runner cannot advance, in, in, in this case, 1867, until the ball, as said in the rules, until it settles in the hands of the fielder. And so if he's bobbling it all the way up, it has not settled, which means the runner cannot advance. So as he's bobbling it, you know, going up, intentionally bobbling it, but still bobbling it, that runner technically can't advance. So if you got a deep fly to left field and you just start bobbling all the way, walk it all the way in. Dirt bag up for the corn shuckers. One hopper to the second base. There's ink has moved over to second, makes a nice play over there. First out of the inning. Dirt bag does look like he's recuperated from his ankle injury. Last year, uh, my first owning with the podcast last year was down to Sharonville, Ohio. And uh, he tried to slide into home plate. That was the most awkward-looking, terrible idea. (laughs) And he screwed his ankle up for the year on it. Grounded or short. Tools up with it after a slight bobble. Nice throw. An attempted one-hand grab at first base is going to be a muff. Coco takes his first. And takes his first with him as he slides past it again. Legal. Not illegal. (laughs) Damn it, there's so much of that in vintage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, it's not illegal. Yeah. It's not against the rules, but did they know to do that? And that's what we're not sure of. We've we've been playing in you know in this case here we're playing sixty seven we've been playing eighteen sixty seven baseball longer than they played eighteen sixty seven baseball. True, uh, grounder to shortstop. There's going to be a flip over to Ink at second for the force, and the throw over to first is going to be a little late. We got the first out. Nice play by Tools there to make the throw. Good play by Ink to to get there to avoid uh, another slide that Mr. Hayes is doing. It's the third one in as many bases. I mean, the, you know, the, the technique is that it should not be a practiced strategy. And there's a fly ball in the left field, taking off a couple of hops. Teddy's at first. Muffin Man makes a second. However, I've never seen ever somebody who slides intentionally, you can tell the difference, Yeah. Uh, and being called out in that vintage baseball. I've never seen it. Yeah. I've, we've heard stories, but, yeah, it's just one of those. There's a follow back here. Mr. Kozlowski's not a catcher, so he muffed it. Yeah. I did, I, but I did, did stick my foot out. I got a table right here. I couldn't see what happened, but I definitely put my foot out and definitely hit my shoe. But it was for defensive purposes only, so I was not interfering in the game. And there's a swing and a miss by Chalk. So it's never happened at World Tournament. Has it been discussed? Um, it's always talked about in the captain's meeting that we always discuss, you know, this is sliding, this is what it means. Um, so it's one of those, like, we're not going to call you out, but if you keep doing it, like, the kind of the understanding is if you keep doing it, those close plays aren't going to come close anymore. So There's a uh, hit into left field. Frias is going to take it on a hop. Interesting strategy. Uh, and that's going to blow the bases. <laughs> hit. Chalk doesn't usually like hit you know, with that much steam that it normally does, so that's a, that's a good hit for him. So. 
Bases loaded, top of the order now. Bases loaded with speed, uh, trailing everybody. So interesting things could happen here. Fly ball to center field. It's going to be held out there, and that's going to be the third out. That's a big out right there. Bases loaded, two outs. Your leadoff man coming up with a lot of speed, and I was able to get him to lift a lazy fly ball to center field. Needed that whitewash after you gave up a niner. That was a niner the inning before, so that score is going to be 18-2. to Going to the bottom of the fourth. Mr. Ian Frias will be the leadoff hitter. He does not have the body of a leadoff hitter, but we'll see how this works. Oh, here comes a pet peeve of mine, Mr. Kozlowski. This is a big pet peeve of mine. What are we doing? Oh, the throw, throw <laughs> down. The throw down at the and infield warm-ups, by the way. And infield uh, and pitching warm-ups between innings, pet peeve. Yeah, in, in vintage baseball, it, it's it's still prevalent. But in in the real, you know, in the 1850s, 60s, 70s games, you wouldn't have had it because warm-ups and throwing down and all that is something that kind of came up with during television commercial breaks. So there would not have been anything like that. that was a nice hit to right oh, center field side. Check his fingers. <coughs> Ian Frias hits. The tips of Coco's fingers at second base with a line drive into right center field. He seems okay, but there was potential. He likes that. And Ian loves that kind of outside pitching. He and I have had many battles, pitcher versus batter, where I've just fed him nothing but inside stuff. There's a hopper to the shortstop. There's going to be a force at second. Two. A throw over to first on the ground. Oh, what That's a two. play. Who grabs it out of the ground? For the double play. It was a nice play. Nice turnaround. It was uh, not the best of throws that Coco made. It was about a four hopper, but good play by who there to dig that one out. That brings up Chasen. Pony boy. Pop up to the third baseman. Six shooters underneath it. That is not how you follow up a whitewash to Canton. Got it right right off the handle there, and that's... You know, early season, first game, certainly, you know, you're trying to get more more barrel on the ball, but, uh, you know, that's just, that'll, that'll take some time. Going to the top of the fifth, 18-2. to It's a carbon copy of what happened in the first game today. Because we were 55 minutes into the time limit. Appreciate the Columbus Capitals trying to hurry this game along, but really, you guys, you can go ahead <laughs> as they move around the defense a little bit. We got Mr. Wyckoff pitching. I'm sure we'll see uh, Rudy Frias come in to pitch at some point. Oh, Mr. Wyckoff must have pitched last inning. I wasn't paying attention. Marbles left field hit uh, to the left fielder. It's going to stop at first. Uh, back to the Girl Scout. She'll be appearing at the deranged haunt during the Halloween season <laughs> many times this year. 
Uh, make sure you buy my cookies. Uh, there's a steal. It's the first outright steal of the day. Not sure I would have done that with a 16-run lead. But. Well, I will say this about the Canton Corn Shuckers. They never let up, ever. That's true. And there's and a grounder to short, and uh, who's going to be out on the fine throw by tools? And they and they wouldn't have let up in, in 67 either. I mean, you were out there trying to to do your best, you know, day in and day out. I know uh, Marcus Dixon for the Bloody Dawes makes the comparison where if you're if you're bowling and you've already won the game prior to your 10th frame, do you just throw the ball in the gutter? No, you still try to knock down pins. And so and even in this sense here, you never know what could happen. So you take them when you can. Uh, but that's the one thing, Canton Corn Shuckers, they know all the rules. They know every mm-hmm. single rule. And they try to exploit every single rule they can. That's fair, fairly. They're not trying to skirt the rules, but they just advantages. Mm-hmm. They're looking for advantages. By knowing all the rules, that's an advantage right there yeah. to, to start. And they're good. Yeah, sometimes that, that's what leads to uh, you know bad blood among some teams that some some player knows the rule and uses it, and the other team doesn't know the rule and gets mad because the other team knows the rule or because they didn't. Um, you know, but hopefully with podcasts like this or uh, with, with Corky and uh, doing his Zoom calls, you know, we can increase the amount of education. High pop-up to left field by Copper. It's out there, but it's going to be caught by Frias. He's going to throw it into third. Uh, there's no advancement for the second out of the inning. Copper knew it as soon as he hit it. Copper's another guy who can just he can put the ball wherever he wants to. At some, at some point, though, you know, there was about six, seven pitches in that. At some point, you just you get bored and you got to hit it somewhere. Six years up for Canton. I was uh, I actually umpired last year uh, an event for the Canton Corn Shuckers as they uh, played a team of town folk. I don't remember where I was, but I was on a farm. Anyway, it was a great event, by the way. Uh, Pop-up to right field. No one's going to get that. It's going to find Ink is going to go out there and get it. Marbles is going to take his third. Copper's going to, or six shooter's going to take his first. It's going to bring up meal ticket. Uh, And I told told the guys on the, uh, the town folk, I'm like, don't think that they're going to take it easy on you. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They don't care. Like, they just don't. They're going to give you vintage baseball until the very last out. Those, yeah, those townspeople games can, uh, you know, they, they are a very mixed bag. I've, I've run, I ran three of them uh, while I was in Westland, Michigan. And uh, you have guys who are, or you're playing townspeople who are really, really gung-ho really into it and some that are just there for the sh- t-shirts and you know as a as a vintage baseball player you're like am i supposed to be teaching them am i supposed to play you lead them along a little bit it's those can be tough i did my best marcus dixon impersonation that day and i just said a bunch of stuff i'm like yeah some of it's even true <laughs> <laughs> uh six shooter does take a second on a steal you probably didn't charge extra for the, the true information, right? I wouldn't know which one it is. There's a one <laughs> hopper to second base. Throw over to first. Uh, some good defense displayed that inning by the Capitals. Nice. Neil Ticket's going to take the third out. Nice play by Ink there to get in front of that. was a hard, 
hard kind of one hopper, but he was in the right spot. Need the Capitals uh, offense to catch up with their defense here. One of those games, it feels like, you know, when you're you're down by this much to kind of take it easy. And, you know, a few runs here and there can really make a difference, but got to get them first. The uh, the corn shuckers here is from actually from my hometown, uh, from Canton, Michigan. Here, the corn shucker name comes from Canton being one of the more prominent uh, corn uh, corn harvesting cities in Michigan, uh, sweet corn to be specific here. So that's where the the corn shucker name and the green and yellow uniforms uh, come from. That. All right, we're going to start it off with ink in the bottom of the fifth here. Watch, watch 18 it. to 2. <laughs> There's a line drive into center field by ink. Well, he just muscled. That was off the handle, and he just muscled that one into, into center field. Uh, we got Rudy Frias over here changing out batteries for our video presentation. So you might be listening to this audio presentation much earlier than you're going to see. There's a hot shot to third base. Six shooter checks his fingers. He looks good. Uh, attempted throw to second by the shortstop who was backing up on the play in a good way. Everybody's going to be safe. Nice, nice heads up play there by uh, by Adam Johnson there at second. The runner had actually overrun first base and it's had his head down, and the third bag came and fired the ball right in. Luckily for the Capitals, he got back. He's going to bring in Ambo, Mike Ambo. Ambo Dextrous. Batting from the right side today. Got a big piece of wood there. The and that was happening? it. That's the one you had to go. It's like There's a, a base hit in the right field, and Ace is going to get that in quick. Station to station, bases loaded. Good on him for getting that in fast. I'm not sure Ink was going to score or if he had that in his mind, but no, he didn't. You, <laughs> but <laughs> as an outfielder, you 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 tend not to think about that. You know, you got to get it in as uh, quickly as you can. Uh, Muffin Man is currently uh, pitching the apple. This this inning for the corn shuckers. So Mr. Daly comes up for the Capitals. Muffin's uh, doing something with the grip there. You can see the ball like spinning like a top. I don't know if he's trying to throw it with the knuckles or, or what, but he's definitely trying to do something extra to the ball. Is it illegal? No. <laughs> no. The You are not to break the wrist, so curveballs are technically illegal, but... You know, in 67, they are very new. Mr. Daly pop up to left field. Doesn't doesn't make uh, marbles move at all. And that's going to be the first sound of the inning. Jeff, you ever break your wrist while no, you're pitching I, ever once? I can't. I, I've tried in practice. I've never been able to really do it with any sort of, you know, worth or value. So I do what they would have done at the time, which is change elevation, change uh, speed, and, you know, change which side of the box I'm uh, I'm throwing from and let that do the work. I do see some pitchers that are able to execute a good knuckleball. I know uh, uh, Crusher from 
the monitors of Chelsea is able to do a really good one. Um, I just, I never could. We got base loaded, one out here for tick. Line drive to shortstop. It's going to be a muff, so that's going to result in a force at second and a throw to first for a double play. Sometimes the best hit balls are <laughs> a terrible tragedy. Yeah, that was line, line, <laughs> line drive right at the shortstop. It hits him right square in the chest. Well, hit in the hands, but right at his chest and hits drops straight down. So those are those are frustrating ones. And because the third out is made at first base, uh, the run does not score. So bases loaded, one out, and Capitals come away empty. So eighteen to two. As we head to the top of the sixth inning, one hour and four minutes into the time limit of uh, an hour 30. So if this uh, score holds up like one would think it would, if you know anything about math and baseball, um, you're going to see Bay City take on the Columbus Capitals in the next match. And then uh, the final match, the championship, would be uh, Flat Rock versus Canton. You think those two teams are tired of playing each other? <laughs> you know, I've you know years ago, you know, the, it was seemed like a pretty regular thing. The, the Lottie-Dahs and the Saginaw Old Golds would play each other pretty regularly. Dirtbag pounds it into the ground. He... Uh, was, uh, it looked good. Little catcher's little... got a gun, uh, and it went all the way into right field. Yeah, he just needs sights. <laughs> Dirtbag's going to make his second. A lot of pounding directly into the ground, something you're not going to see in a couple months. Yeah, but going back to the point there, um, you know, when teams tend to find themselves equally matched or geographically, uh, you know, close, that – you would see each other quite a bit there. I mean, take Saginaw and Bay City, that they've pretty much grown up together. I'm sure many of our, our friends on the East Coast have uh, some, some of the same kinds of stories. But sometimes that's where you, you develop the bonds. And, you know, I've, I, I remember a player at a meeting saying, you know, I, I know guys that I play against better than I know some of the guys I've played with in other sports. It's going to bring up Coco Durbag on second. Uh, Coco, a very accomplished soccer coach, pounds it into the ground in front of the plate. It's going to make its it, – let's it died in the grass. It's a, a base hit down the third baseline. You see poor, poor Ian Free is playing third base over there just kind of – Hands on the hips, throwing his hand down. Like, there's nothing he can do. There's nothing anybody can do about that. I mean, that's those are those are frustrating plays. Here comes another one. Uh, <laughs> Muffin <laughs> Man is up first and second. Nobody out. Muffin is usually a dead pull hitter. Muffin Man always has this smirk on his face. Like, I'm he scares me. That's a fly ball in the left field. Left fielder takes on a hop to get the force play at third. He does. Uh, he, he dropped, dropped it. it. He dropped it. Base is loaded. Nobody out for Teddy. <laughs> the freest boys smiling at each other. <laughs> but uh, Muffin Man has this very s sadistic 
kind of smirk, kind of clown smirk on his face sometimes when he's not talking to anybody. It's like he, it's like he knows it, something. Exactly. That scares me. It's right down the line. There's the line drive. Teddy. Down the left field line, Coco's going to come in and try to score. Ian's not going to throw it. Keeping everybody at bay. Bay. Muffin Man to second, Teddy to first. Two runs in. Chalk is up. There's a pop-up. It's going to be a no man's land. It's going to fall. We're going to get a force at, force at second. We're also going to get a tag at third. For a double play. It's like Chalk is running off the field. <laughs> Somebody forgot to tell Chalk that he was safe. <laughs> or that he was in, rather, not safe, but in. Interesting scoring on that one, and that's going to bring it up to the top of the lineup. Ace to Williger. Flew out last time of a bat. I'm sure he's going to want to keep it a little bit lower, especially with a base open in front of him. Got to think if it's to the outfield, he's thinking too. He's part of the vintage baseball Terwilliger family. His dad, one of the foremost members of the Walker Tavern Baseball Club, uh, last year's world tournament champion. Pop up into right field. Right fielder is going to come in and take it on a hop. And uh, Chalk's just going to keep running because that's the Canton thing right there. That's what happens. And, uh, I mean, don't throw it. Yeah, just walk him <laughs> back. Ace is going to have to stay at second. You don't want to. Third run in for the Shuckers this inning. Two ounce. Mike Marbles Feeney's up. There's a pop-up down the right field line that's going to be foul. Speaking of Walker Tavern connections there, Mike Finney was really broke onto the uh, the vintage baseball scene to major prominence as a member of the Walker Tavern Club. Because the Lottie Dawes wouldn't return a phone call. Because we, yeah, we, had, we had poor management at the time that was not interested in new players. Jesus, think, just think... What would have happened if that phone call got returned? This team would never have existed. And he just burned the outfielders in left center field. And uh, that's going to score ace from second easily as Mike settles into second. Yeah, there's things that, you know, we at Greenfield Village have worked on and tried to improve and, uh, you know, and even every time we make changes, we always think, you know, what's the next change that there could be, and what does this do for the vintage baseball world? Fly ball to right field by who? It's going to be held out there by the right fielder, and it's going to bring this inning to an end. But let me ask you this. As Canton scores four, making it 22-2, to two, uh, however, if the Lottie organization returns that phone call, is vintage baseball worse for it um you know it's 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 hard to say because we know we have we you know very dedicated fan base here there's uh approximately 
1.6 million visitors that come through the Henry Ford gates every year. Um, you know, certainly not 1.6 million people coming to see the Lottie Dawes, but you know, we have a good sized crowd, you know, for every game, you know, they see some of the players that perhaps, you know, could have been on the, on the Lottie Dawes had circumstances been a little different, but you know, at the same time they go off, they start other teams and provides opponents and, you know, nice little trickle down effect. So selfishly, like, of course I, you know, I wish. You know, the person who was running our team at the time before Mike Ossie would have, you know, been more qualified, but, you know. I would say this, and there's an attempted fair follow by Rudy Frias uh, uh, to lead off the inning, and that is wrong. I would say that vintage baseball as a whole, there's a fair foul. Um, Watch hits out it, for that dog. That dog's still not happy. He was aiming for the dog. <laughs> and he makes his first on the fair foul. That vintage baseball is in a much better place than it would have been if that phone call got received. Mike never would have went on uh, to make Walker, to help Walker become uh, formidable. Mm -hmm. And he never would have started the Canton Cornshuckers, who are a defending world, not defending right now, but a former world champion as there's a, a steal by Frias on a muff by the catcher. And his Hanford company that deals in, in balls uh, that's being distributed all over the country for vintage baseball. None of those things happen if that phone call gets answered. There's a grounder to third base by tools. There's going to be a misplay at first, so Kobe is going to make his first. Rudy's going to take his third. And I think if you took Canton out, you don't know what would have happened with Walker. There's a good chance that it would have been okay, but we don't know that. Yeah, it's, you know, again, it's kind of speculation hearsay about what might have happened, what could have been, and all that. It's certainly, you know, Mike Finney is a very much a, a, a boon to the, to the vintage baseball world, um, especially, you know, and I would even go a step further, the fact that Canton has been traveling so well, you know, to go to Florida – uh, which in turn is kind of helping bring uh, Bill's club, uh, the Awkwards, up here uh, to go to Providence and to intro to kind of give Michigan a, a good introduction by the Grays of 1880s, you know, pitched baseball. As uh, Mr. Wyckoff is going to pop out to who at first base for the first out of the inning. You know, and, and anything in, in education, you know, is a long-term investment. You know, and I, you, you can't just make an immediate change and see immediate payback. Like, you know, th things with teaching about vintage baseball and what it does, it takes a long time for that to, to grow. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, it will continue to keep producing. You're right, Matt, would have done. Grounder to third base, a six-shooter takes it, throws over to first, and there's an out. Rudy Frias is going to come in and score on the play. Line it up. He says line it up after he scores. <laughs> hey, our fans are back. Told you we travel well. 
Oh, God, that was so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people hear that crank in their sleep. Sometimes. Wiffle hits it into the ground to the third baseman. He might have hit it too hard, and he did because there's the own at first base. And that's going to bring the end to this Capitals inning as they bring across their third run after six innings. 22-3. We are... One, one hour, 16 minutes into the one hour, 30 minute time limit. So probably get another inning if they choose to do so here. Starting to see members of uh, Bay City returning. They'll be, they'll be coming on right after this. I didn't, uh, I didn't hear anything about lunch. Is there a, <laughs> is there a lunch here? Um, I don't know what kind of company you think I am. <laughs> But you are turning to me like, I haven't heard anything about lunch, and I want to turn to Hammer and say, I haven't heard anything about lunch. I mean, we'd like to thank the good folks at Flat Rock for hosting us here, but I'm hungry. I'm hungry too, but they're just allowing us to be here. They're not hosting us. (laughs) They haven't called the cops yet. I really was thinking ahead of time about how I would just get an Uber Eats order to come down here because Rudy's not with his wife today, his lovely wife, Michelle. She's back in Ohio, mothering. She's a vegan. And Rudy, out of the kindness of his heart, sticks to that program even though she's never asked him to. He just does it out of respect. And there's a high fly ball in the right center field. It's going to beat the center fielder, and Copper's going to just go to second. Lead off double by Copper. However, I was going to tantalize him with a nice, big, juicy cheeseburger today. I was today. about to say, is there, is there are five guys nearby? And there is no way he's going to say no to it. <laughs> but I think it's great that she, she does not pressure him into that lifestyle and that he had enough respect for her to just choose to do that lifestyle as much as he does. Uh, There's a six shooter line drive into center field. Copper's going to stay at third. Shooter's got that mid season center field swing to him. He's got that going already. Watch his, watch his feet moving around as, uh, as he's trying to get the right swing. Used to frustrate me to no end as a pitcher when I would see a guy that would adjust his feet and then the ball comes right up the middle. Meal ticket up for the Shuckers. I would say that we're in the part of the game where uh, strategy is out and crushing is in. Yep. And there's a steal by six shooter. I was just about to say, he stole the base. Watch him swing at the next pitch. And uh, there's a grounder to second base. It's going to score a copper. It's going to be an out for meal ticket, however. This strategy, you know, you'd see there. You'd be waiting waiting for that pitch, wait until your runner gets to the next base, and then you just get up and go. You saw that and see that in accounts from the 60s, too. Uh, that's going to bring up Dirtbag, who uh, is due for one of those swings. 
And there's a hit into right center field. A center fielder is going to get it on a hop and get it in. That's going to score a run. Bringing up Coco. And as we said earlier, uh, as they have now scored their 24th run, they're not going to let up. All right? You have to, if you're in the field right now in this kind of a blowout situation, you've got to make a play. They're not going to give it to you. And, and really, like, what is letting up? You know, what, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to, you know, half swing it? Like, we, we tell our guys in the, like, with the bottom of the ninth and the game is already decided that you swing at the first pitch and you just, you know, you swing at it, whatever it is, but swing at it. Still run, still swing hard, but don't be waiting for pitches. Just move, move, move it along. That's not very Michigan vintage of you. Uh, there's a grounder to third. There's going to be a force at Ooh, second. That's a nice play. But I think he got him. There. Yeah, he got him. Fine, uh, fine play by Mr. Grayley and Mr. Daly teaming up. Kogo does make his first. That brings up the Muffin Man. Look at this. Look at the smirk, man. Mm-hmm. He knows something. It's serial killerish. <laughs> I've seen documentaries. I understand what that smirk means. It means I have, uh, I have body parts and a vat of acid in a barrel in my room. <laughs> he's going to listen to this. He's going to hear it, and he's not going to say anything. He doesn't listen to this crap. Uh, he was actually at – I went through Mike Feeney's haunt once, and he was one of the haunters, and he came out, and he did a good job. Uh, Muffin Man, scarier in real life. Uh, <laughs> grounder to shortstop. Tools. Oh, nice look at that. That was a nice play all around. There's a grounder to third or shortstop. Tools Dowdy is going to come in full steam, pick it up, throw it over. Still with the momentum bringing him to home plate. Sidearm throw to first base. Well held at first base. Nice That's going to be the yeah. third out. Ink made a nice stretch over there. It's going to be 24 to 3 as we head to the bottom of the 7th. We're an hour and 22 minutes in, so this is going to be the end of this game uh, as soon as the Capitals get their at-bats here. And although you're saying to yourself, barrel roller, I just listened to two blowouts on your podcast, and I can't listen to any more. Well, let me let me tantalize you about the next two matches. <laughs> Evenly matched. <laughs> so the next two will not be blowouts. And there's a grounder to third base, right, right over the through. base, so right through the wickets. That's always a hard play, and you got the base right there. You don't know what the ball's going to do when it hits it or if it's going to hit a spike or tough play all around. The bug burner down the third baseline that goes right over the base. It's a nightmare. So Chasen makes his first with ink up. Wow. He was safe, but 
Wow. <laughs> Close mm-hmm. pickoff attempt at yeah. first base. That's one of the things about teams like the Canton Cornchuckers. They're always playing. Mm-hmm. You have to always be playing. Yep. Pickoffs are, are part of the game. That's Stealing is a part of the game. Just like whole, keeping runners honest should be part of the game. There's a hit to left field. Base hit in between short and third. Look, Jeff Inks can hit in his sleep, okay? I mean, it's <laughs> it's just the way it is. Yeah, he was always the guy that I always feared when I pitched to him when he was either with Bay City or with Saginaw. I was always, you know, always hesitant. I always try to figure out what's the best putt. There's a high fly ball by the rookie to left field. It's going to curve away. Uh, it's a muff, but there's going to be a throw in. There's going to be bases loaded right there. Is that ace? Is that They move ace to left field there? Yeah. It's going to bring up Ambo Dextrius. Bo. Well, let's just call him Bo. Mike Bo. Went to right field one of his last at bats. You got to think he's, especially with a, with Muffin kind of giving him a lot of right side. A lot of right side right there. That's, That's almost the entire right side. Got him definitely in double play depth. So if you're if you're chalk, you got to know I got to pitch this guy inside. I don't want him to go to that way. And he has been. Last few pitches have definitely been in. It's it's kind of insight you can only get right here on the roller around the barrel yeah, baseball podcast. Uh, there's a knockdown by the pitcher. There's a force at home. Bases are going to stay loaded. Just trying to paint a picture. Just trying to paint a picture for all the audiences who can't be there. Is your wife an artist or something? She, <laughs> what is all this art talk today? <laughs> she actually she just got a job at the uh, College for Creative Studies in downtown Detroit. So she works at an art school. There you go. That explains <laughs> everything you've heard today. <laughs> yeah, I'm on, a, I'm on an art kick. That's going to bring up Bob Daly. Bases loaded. One out. Yeah, he tried to. Then they tried to push one to the right side on one that was inside, and just ended up going up the middle. Chalk did a nice job fielding his position, coming home with it. And there's a hit to the shortstop. He's going to muff it, which is going to create all kinds of ounce. <laughs> uh, well, Daly, Bob Daly's going to be safe at first on a muff, uh, but there was a force at third. It's going to score a run. It's the second time meal tickets had a line drive that hit him and bounce straight down. People are going to start to talk. <laughs> I, I call what I see. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to bring up Brad. Tick, as it were. I did that in a game once. I was playing shortstop, and we had another team had bases. It was in the bottom of the ninth, and we were, we what were only up one or so, and I was playing shortstop, and I intentionally dropped a fly ball, got a double play, and – I got, jerk. I, I got a tongue lashing for it from the Moreau's boys. <laughs> I don't know. I missed. Sorry. There's a grounder to second base. That's going to uh, <laughs> that's gonna be a force at second. That's going to bring this attempted homicide to an end. Columbus does push across to run. <laughs> to make it 24 to 4. Did they cover the spread? Wow. 
I'm good. I'm good. I got one. Uh, yeah, the spread. Uh, this, no, this vintage <laughs> this vintage baseball game is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings <laughs> for. <laughs> uh, it's interesting what the spreads would have been on those first two matches. I suppose. Oh, they're going to keep batting, so Canton is going to keep. I guess we haven't reached the deadline yet. No, we're still two minutes away, so let's pad some stats. <laughs> or if it's a if it's a one more inning, or if we're just going to play till the till the clock goes. Well, you could have ended the game uh, and kept everybody on schedule, but <laughs> we've decided to make it. It's twenty four to four, and we're going to keep playing. And there's a pop up by Teddy to second base. Yeah, this is definitely one of those points where if you're up by this much, you don't wait. You just you swing at what's there. You better be, or I'm going to start yelling. I mean, and, and then it's like a fine line of, well, they wouldn't have done that in the 1860s. Like, well, yeah, we're not in the 1860s, unfortunately. People don't think the way they did in the 1860s either. Yeah. So when you're talking about, now this is different because nobody, uh, these clubs have seen and gone through it all. So no one's going to get bothered by any of this except maybe, the next team's waiting for their time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, and Columbus has to play in the next match, so I really don't understand what's going on right and now. They, but, but, you know, and in the in the world tournament. There's a hopper down the third baseline. That's going to be a base hit for Chalk. He's going to go for two. Put it on him. Let's talk about sliding. Uh, oh, that's sliding. That was an intentional slide. We're, we're going to assume that he tripped over a molehill. On you can that assume it all you want, Jeff. <laughs> that was an intentional slide. By the rule of what you understand about vintage baseball, should he be out? By the rule? No. But it's also one of those things where I'd go, come on, guys. How many times can he do that before you call him out? If it's, you know, but there's not, like, an exact number. It's not like there's an exact, like, I'm asking thing you, you your personal, you're the umpire. There's a pound on the ground. That's fair, by the way. No, it, no uh, you're wrong. It's, but that, it's but fair. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> Even if it hits your leg, that doesn't matter. No, by the way, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, Hammer's first missed call of the day. <laughs> Yeah, the the, uh, the ball was hit. I mean, it was hit in front of home plate, from what we could tell, then bounced up and hit Ace's leg. But you know, there was no in- intention. Uh, there's a grounder to short. Tools is up with it. Good throw to first, except it was way too high. So the <laughs> jock's gonna score. Not that Ace is gonna take a second. He'll probably go to third. Yeah, but the uh, you know it bounced fair. Hit him in the leg, and because the the play was not intentional, you don't call him out. But it still hit fair, so it is a fair ball. Right, and but then you look, and the batter looks up and is like, "Yeah, it's foul." Yeah, like that doesn't make it foul. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> you can say it all you want. <laughs> yeah, it's the job of the umpire. You know, for he's got to call foul and he's got to call out, uh, and it's got to be loud. And if you don't hear it, you have to assume that it was neither. Now back, uh, there's a bouncer to the so first got, base. This is going to be interesting. First. There ain't no way. It, uh, he beat him to the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Marbles is out. 
Still beer. got some spring in the step there. I saw smoke and springs popping off of him when he was running <laughs> over first. Uh, so uh, putting a bow on our slide, you see an intentional slide like that, which is frowned upon. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is, is frowned upon. There's no rule. There's a line drive into right field. Nice, who nice piece of who hits that? And uh, Ace is going to score. Who is going to stay us first? Would you like to see a conversation in between innings of the umpire going over, listen, let's just stop the intentional slides? Or would you like the umpire to yell out and make an example of the young man and say, that was intentional, let's stop doing that? You know, there's there's ways that you can kind of call it out, you know, as a, you know, you can jokingly talk to the into the history of, oh, you know, your 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 young lady at home is going to be angry that she has to wash your uniform or oh. you know, you know, some something kind of cutesy and, you know, whatever, but then kind of on the downslope, you kind of talk to them and say like, "Hey, you know what? It's not that's not part of the game of that time. We're trying to get rid of that." So, Copper uh, grounder to third. There's a muff, so uh, Copper's going to be safe at first with who at second, bringing up six shooter. You know, and I'm sure there's you know many people who are like at the time like, look, I'm just trying to avoid an injury. I'm not trying to run into people and all this. And you know, there's there's gray areas there. That's where it turns into the, you know, it's not intentional or it looks non-practiced, but. When it is very clearly an attempt to slow down, and you're just running around it and then reaching back, like now we're starting to talk like you knew to do this. Six shooter's going to load up and there hit it to the center, center. again. Uh, that's going to be held. Yep, that's his, that's his target, and that's, that's, his and that's going to be the third of the inning. Canton's going to put across a couple more, giving them twenty six meaning that Columbus only needs 22 to tie here in their last at-bats. Jeff, personal opinion, what is something if uh, – I've I got to be careful how I word this. Something that you would like the Lottie does to do that they currently don't or don't and currently do in vintage baseball terms, in – on the field, vintage baseball terms. Um, something that we don't do that I wish we did more. I I really would like to see a lot more. I mean, and we and we still do it. I I love the interaction with the crowd. I think that's something that, you know, I would say like you, know, we're one of the better ones at it, and yet I still think there's more to it than that. So I think getting the crowd involved, getting the people kind of involved with it, I would, I always, you know, relish that, relish those ideas. Uh, Marcus Dixon has been a, you know, really, really good with his announcing and how he's, he's brought in newspaper articles from Detroit and thrown in like all kinds of 1867, you know, commentary and all that has truly like made that a must see position. So I, I love kind of that reaction there. Fly ball by Frias in the right field. It's going to beat the right fielder. He's going to make his first, although I did have uh, Brad starting off this inning. I must have been wrong. (laughs) Uh, Kobe Doughty 
is uh, Rudy Frias always one of the characters of the game. His uh, his after match speeches always delight me. Mm-hmm. You can always tell he's got a smile on his face, and that's really what what the game should be about is having fun with it. Because you know, eventually you know, we're. We're all going to get older. Time's going to catch up with us. We're not going to be as fast as we were. We're not going to hit the ball as hard as we once did. But as long as we still enjoy coming out, that's Grounded to third. Six-shooter blocks it with his chest. Long throw to first. Oh, what a rocket. <laughs> Frias is going to take his third. Kobe's going to stay at first because there was a muff at the first at first base. A six-shooter. What? He's got a chooch. <laughs> you don't get a name like six shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden it just clicked. <laughs> and, and and to to whose character and to whose credit, he's gonna if you ask him about that, he's like, I should have had it. Sure. Kobe steals. We got second and third. The Columbus Capitals refusing to go quietly yeah. into the night. Here's where it starts. Here's where the here's where the rally begins. And that's going to fall that's in. That's going to drop. Into right field by Mr. Wycuff. That's going to score one. Tools is going to come. They're not going to make the throw. <laughs> Kobe just rang an imaginary tally bell. And uh, so the Capitals trying to put on some, some runs on the board to make it not look obvious how this really went. Well, we gotta, gotta what just happened the- there? We gotta cover the spread, you know. And again, the, spread the spread was like seven and a half. Well, we're still working on Oof. it. Spread <laughs> brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings, really. Uh, Ian Frias takes one off the elbow. Where's it? Where's it? Like a champ. Again, you don't. Uh, you, you don't get a. You don't get a free pass to the first baseman taking. There's a. Oh. oh. Watch that biker. Back to the. Back to the. Uh, the bike path. Behind home plate, he was way out. Axe threw his axe at that one. He's on the changeup. Kind of a little subtle reference there in watching uh, Mr. Hayes like walk to the ball back. He didn't throw it in immediately. Because as soon as the the pitcher holds the ball, it's fair game, and if he's not in his position, that could be that could be trouble. Correct. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need my validation. I just felt like I should say something. But I like having it. Ian <laughs> Frias on the third baseline uh, killed the bird. He's, gonna, he's <laughs> dead set on putting that Hanford ball in the water. Finney's trying to save it, and he does so. That's no, is that uh, ace. Is that ace out there in left? What's a business? Left field, what's right? a business plan for a guy who's got a team who need who has to buy his balls for his team, but he's also the distributor of the balls. Mm-hmm. Does Mike want to keep the ball for the team purpose or lose the ball for the distributing purpose? Well, there's there's a kind of a kind of a <laughs> I story. don't know. What are you talking? There's, you know, there's, there's a there's a river in uh, right field that's got a few Hanford balls in it, courtesy of the Canton Corn Shuckers. So, I mean, but hey, that's what that's what Albert Spalding did. 
tell me more. Well, I mean, A.G. Spalding was one of the one of the best pitchers in the game. Uh, when his playing career was coming coming to an end, he turned into a an entrepreneur promoting sporting goods. The Spalding name still lives more than a almost a century and a half later. I know it on basketballs. Another another pitch off the shoulder of Ian Frias. Look, if you don't stop pelting him with those, his daughter's gonna come and whoop that ass. Man. I'm, she here today? I don't I don't know, man. She's power lifter. <laughs> good on her. You know, I, I met her at the Ohio Cup a couple of years ago. Just a genuinely good kid too, and I enjoyed playing with her. And it's so nice to see the way Ian like is with her and them two doing stuff together. Like it rubs off on each other. And it's very cool to see. Oh, the tree saved Oof. it from the river on that one. That one was definitely going directly into the mid. Is he doing it on purpose, <laughs> that was, Jeff? That was headed for the for the Burak. <laughs> but that's Somebody a- fishing downriver was about to catch one. <laughs> Not on his line. <laughs> and high and that's, inside. That's but this is this is the kind of thing I was talking about earlier that Ian wants to go to the right side. And so he he takes that kind of step in towards the towards the pitcher, but everything is just it's too far in, and he he, you know, he wants it a little bit further out of the plate. Pitch sixteen of this at bat. You know, at some point you think the umpire would do something. (laughs) (laughs) No, too late for that, and he pounds it into the ground in front of home plate. Six shooter chooches it to first base, and that's an out. Chooched it. <laughs> Mike Wyckoff takes a second. It's way too yeah. late in the game for for Hammer to become yeah. a focus of attention. Yeah, no, you don't want to. You don't want to call balls and strikes <laughs> at this point. By the way, there's three outs away in a blowout. They never stop playing. Jordan Hicks is up. Pounded into the ground. That's a fair ball down the third base line. It's going to hit off a six shooter's ankle. I think the uh, the last time I saw Ian Frias wait for so many inside pitches, I was pitching to him. <laughs> I think that I think his words were a little less kind to me. They're about the same. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, you know, that as a pitcher, it can get frustrating. As a batter, it can get frustrating. But that's one of the nuances of historic baseball. Chase Grayley hits it into left field. It's going to bounce before the left fielder. We're going to have bases loaded here for the Capitals. That's going to bring up ink with the bases loaded. It's the moment that all kids dream about right here. Uh, batting with the bases loaded in a blowout. You know, <laughs> you're about to see some more runs scored, though. Here comes some more frosting on that cake. <laughs> Got to cover that spread. That's right through the gap. Very nice. There was bad intentions on the swing in the. That's the best capital out here today. <laughs> Gonna score a run for the Capitals. And keeps the bases loaded. That's where it starts. It's going to bring up the rookie. Uh, he's had a rough day. However, he he did. Uh, he doesn't wait for too many pitches. He man. put a charge into one earlier. Oof. 
Just foul. Oof. I was just saying, yeah, he doesn't doesn't wait for too much, and he's he's loading up right at the very beginning. So I. Oof. He's almost. He's. He's got a beard that could turn out to be a, a wonderful vintage beard too. Mm-hmm. So he needs to keep playing that game. Yeah. Oh, and then like the and shoulder. then the pop out to the catcher. He knew it too. However, see the potential. Two outs, and that brings up Ambo, Mike Ambo, Dexterous. Well, he's been targeting the the right side and the center field side. Uh, all game. We'll see if Chalk's going to give him that. Uh, Chalk hasn't been giving anybody anything, <laughs> especially a strike. <laughs> yeah, he's been painting that inside corner. It hasn't <laughs> been painting the corner, Jeff. Stop making this about art. <laughs> like, like how Jackson Pollock paints a corner. <laughs> he's been throwing bad pitches. <laughs> Hey, you either get art references or you get diehard references. Take your pick. Duh! <laughs> Was that a question? And there's a pop-out to the catcher to end oh, the game. man, that's two straight pop-outs to the catcher to end it. Ah, uh, sweet, sweet poetry. It's kind of an art. It is an art. 26-7 to 7 is the final score here from Hurok Park. And Columbus is going back out in the field. <laughs> Sure, it's an hour and a half. Well, I I asked the capital of the Columbus Capitals because I figured he'd be in the know for those kind of informations. So we're at one forty-five. So we're at an hour forty-five. So, no, I'm not sure. It must be a two-hour time limit. Let's ask our our. Uh, Invitation rules expert Mike Feeney. Mike, we got a two hour time limit on these games? I don't know. All right. Who does know? Dynamite dropping. <laughs> <laughs> it's an hour 45. Well, now that we got that clear. Well, up. I get to sit here and talk more baseball, Jeff Kozlowski. <laughs> I'm the only person here who's glad this game kept going. <laughs> well, it's a lot, a lot safer out back behind this table. Line drive to straightaway center. The sun has kind of tucked away behind some cloud cover, so uh, we have not had the, the same brilliant sunlight that we had earlier. Jeff's hungry. I'm hungry. Rudy's hungry. I'm assuming he only eats plants all day. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to look up Uber here or something. There's a fly ball to right field. It's caught by the right fielder. No advance. Nice play by the rookie out there. That can Those can be a little tricky, especially he's got a little bit of a dip right there. Because I dip, you dip, we dip. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's a callback to my DJing days. Oof. Oof. Coco Hayes up to the plate. You remember the dip? Do you remember the dip song? I uh, dip because I dip, you dip, we dip. I think it's on like classic rock stations now, right? Shut up. It's not rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's dance music. And there's a fine play by the catcher. Yeah, it's, it's on. As it. Tick gets Coco Hayes on a one hopper out. He's been moving around pretty good. Two outs. 
That brings up the Muffin Man. I DJed on, this is how I met Silverback, by the way. Uh, I did not meet Silverback through Vintage Baseball. We were DJs in the same DJ company together. Mm. And we were hired to go down and DJ on the beach at Panama City Beach Whoa. for a hotel. Uh, the company we worked for was. So that we there was actually many different jobs that they had down there. But ours was to DJ on the beach all day. Tough gig. Uh, pop up to shortstop. Uh, over Dowdy, Dowdy's head, and that's going to fall in for the Muffin Man. So uh, Jeff and I meet each other for the first time there, and we, we're going to go out, and we start kind of early, you know, and everyone's coming out to the beach and with their hangovers and, and everything. It's spring break. And uh, so, we, you know, we're playing soft stuff in the beginning, no big deal, let everybody wake up and, Energy starts to pick up a little bit, and I look around, and Jeff's nowhere at the DJ area. There's a ball down the left field line. Oh, be foul. And uh, I'm looking around, and he's over there doing one of those. It's a funnel with the hose. He's beer bonging. They're beer bonging, and he's doing over there with a bunch of college kids. And I'm like, oh, my dear Lord, what is going on here? And uh, And then the week that followed was insane insane it was so insane i never went back to do that again uh let those memories live not needed to be clouded with other new memories of that <laughs> so that was how i met jeff silverback was he was bonging beers grounder to short so four set second to get the muffin man that's a third on of that inning that's a whitewash the third time the Columbus Capitals have whitewashed Canton in this game. Uh, as they come up, Mr. Daly is going to lead off for the Columbus Capitals. But, uh, oh, sp speak of the devil. And uh, as we come to the last at-bats, I've said that three innings now. <laughs> Are you for real this time? Made promises. I hope so. Hour and 50 minutes into this time limit. That seems to be never-ending. But they are going to get nine full innings in on this. That was the plan all along, I suppose. I guess in any baseball situation, your plan is nine innings. Yeah, that's what you should game, game for. You can adjust if you want, though. Bay City looked like they were ready to play about 45 minutes ago. There's a uh, trap there. One hopper to the catcher, Teddy, who's always on the hustle bus. Um, made a fine play there. Mr. Daly's out. It's going to bring a Brad. Yeah, uh, Mr. Hayes has moved to the moved to pitching. So oh, good. We're going to get some strikes. There's a tick back. Teddy, cup check. No, nope. All right, good. You could tell he wanted that one. Mr. Hayes wanted that one. It was a nice rising fastball that, that handcuffed him. And there's a high fly ball to center field. Copper's got a bead on it. He catches it with his bare hands. 
like a man. Get out of your system now, Brad. And that's going to bring up Rudy Frias. Rudy Frias coming up in the bottom of the ninth. 26 to 7. No reason to fair foul here, I'd say, Jeff. No, but shooter is shooter's guarding it as if he's going to. I I personally would not. I would I would use this time to kind of try to get my timing down. I mean, look at the right center field. Grounder to short. Mail ticket is laughing all the way to the throw to first, and that's going to be the ball game. God, I hope. <laughs> yes, players are taking the field. Thanks for joining me, Mr. Kozlowski. You were a, a, a pleasure as always. I'm happy to do it. It's always fun to kind of sit down and watch a nice game of vintage baseball and talk about things that we've done and memories and things we've studied. And it's just always a, always a good time with you. Uh, so for Jeff Kozlowski, I'm Matthew Bernard and Jonathan McLean also. Have a good day. <laughs>